4: Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio.
2: Hi, I'm Sienna Jekyll. And I'm Liana Holston. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn. Wait, yeah. (laughs) And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition.
0: This podcast is a safe precinct for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching In the Heat of the Night.
1: They call me Mr. Tibbs.
0: Number 75 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this righteous sure. old film. Yeah. 75
2: films. Three quarters of the way through, baby. Congratulations, everybody who's
0: been listening. You've made it this far. Three-quarters of the way through. 25 babies. movies left. That's crazy. God damn. And here we are, right in the heat of the night. Hell yeah. Content warning for Racism, specifically anti-Black racism, uh, particularly, like, racism in the American South.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everything that includes slurs,
0: assaults, Jim Crow era policies. Mm -hmm. Sienna, Yeah. Happy Black History Month.
2: Yes, oh my gosh. February.
0: I mean, like, of all the films to watch during... Black History Month from this list, this kind of like was the one. (laughs) Definitely. Well,
2: literally the one, probably. Uh They have like one other at least on the list that's actually about the Black story. Right? But yeah, very
0: appropriate. Here we are. Liana. Have you seen this before?
2: I had not. No, me neither. Had you? Nope. Did you know anything about it? No. (laughs) Neither did I. I'm
0: I'm really sorry about my protection. (laughs) All right, let's just do yours first, then. All right, Sienna, here's my prediction of what I was incorrect about, what I thought In the Heat of the Night was going to be. All right. (laughs) Ready? Yeah. Hi, Sienna, it's Liana. I'm about to watch In the Heat of the Night. I have never heard of this before. I only know that phrase because I think there was a song on Dance Dance Revolution called In the Heat of the Night. (laughs) Oh, Maybe it's a disco film. (laughs) But I also don't want it to be from the 70s, so. I don't know. I simply don't know. Love you. Bye.
2: (laughs) Bye. Well, I also made a lot of guesses based on the name alone. Okay, perfect. So let's go ahead and listen to my prediction. Hi, Liana. It's Sienna. I'm about to watch In the Heat of the Night. I could see it being one of two things. I could see it being a silly... Jack Lemon vibes um, Funny mm-hmm. haha. Um That's like Sort of about You know Goofy romance Rom-com vibes Um I could also see it Being a drama That's sort of Tennessee Williams-esque But as I say Both yeah. these things I think that's because I'm thinking of Some Like It Hot mm-hmm. And Cat on a Hot Tin mm-hmm. Room hmm hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> So It's mm-hmm. really just the heat That's mm-hmm. throwing me off here Mm-hmm Anyway, um, it better be one of those two things. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah.
0: (sighs) We were both right to make those guesses and incredibly wrong about what it actually ended up. Incredibly wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Sienna, could you please correct, course correct for us with a synopsis of the film In the Heat of the Night?
2: Yes. In the Heat of the Night. A respected black homicide detective helps a racist small town solve an important local murder. In more detail, (laughs) Sydney Poitier plays Virgil Tibbs, a cop from Philadelphia who is stopping through Sparta, Mississippi when a local factory owner is found dead in the street. Despite initially being accused of the murder himself for racist reasons, Tibbs ends up sticking around to solve the murder alongside the town's new police chief who is struggling to be accepted by the town, despite being just as racist as everyone in it. Mr. Tibbs, as he is called, faces prejudice, racist assaults, disrespect all around, and constant danger. But he manages to solve the crime and get the hell out of that town. The end.
0: Yes! Liana, do you have any historical context on this movie? I do. And this is one of to me it feels like a few on this list where it's like, oh, this really was a groundbreaking for reasons that are legitimate and not film bro annoying. Right. They're like, oh, they changed out the lens on the camera. Yeah. So then we could see more boob. It's like, oh, this (laughs) actually. Like this had a black protagonist. Yeah. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Howdy and welcome to the historical context for *In the Heat of the Night*, the 1967 neo-noir. Hey, the score was composed, arranged, and conducted by Quincy Jones. Hell yeah! The title song was composed and I think performed by Ray Charles. Hell yeah! I mean, just a stacked uh, cast and crew. My God, um, fucked up here. The Best Actor awards, any of the ones that were awarded for this film, all went to Rod Steiger, who was the white guy. (gasps) What? (laughs) I know. Sidney Poitier wasn't even nominated for the Academy Award Best Actor. Whoa! Both him and Rod were nominated for the Golden Globe and the BAFTA Best Actor, but they all gave the award to the white guy. (gasps) No! I know. I know. America. America. And Britain. Hollywood. (laughs) The freaking industry man. The movie was mainly filmed in Sparta, Illinois, due to Sidney Poitier's uh, correct reluctance to shoot south of the Mason-Dixon line. Holy shit. He had, I think in 1963, a few years before the shooting of this film, been down in Georgia uh, for voter registration and like a voter rights rally and been followed by, like, racist, like, people. I mean, it's like what we saw in the film with the people with, like, the Confederate flag on the license plate. Like, it was exactly that. And uh, so he was like, I'm not gonna put myself (laughs) in that danger. Uh. Which just speaks to the era that this movie was made and released during. Um, Made, set, and released during. It's based off the 1965 novel by John Ball. (laughs) And it was the first in a series of novels with Virgil Tibbs as the protagonist. John Ball fully a white man, by the way. I was going to ask. but <laughs> you can sort of tell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A little bit about 1965 America, as that is when the novel came out. The movie was released two years later. In 1965, the Selma to Montgomery civil rights march happened. Malcolm X was assassinated at the Audubon ballroom in Harlem. And the Watts uh, riots slash also known as rebellion slash uprising in Los Angeles in the wake of of uh, police abuse of 21-year-old Marquette Fry all happened. So this was a very peak time for the civil rights movement in mm-hmm. America, and a lot of it was happening in the American South as well. Um, Sidney Poitier was a very legendary, very like groundbreaking actor – he, in 1964, became the first black actor to win the Best Actor Award at the Academy Awards for his role in Lilies of the Field. In 1967, frickin' banner year for Sidney Poitier, he starred in two of the year's highest grossing films, one being To Sir With Love and the other uh-huh. being Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And wow, those were the, are the film, same year. I know, in the same year. And also the third one in that same year that was released was In the Heat of the Night, which won Best Picture at the Oscars. Wow. I know. King. What a freaking year. In 1974, he was knighted, (laughs) Sir Sidney Poitier. And then in 1980, Sidney Poitier became the first black director to make a film grossing $100 million with the film Stir Crazy. So just so many groundbreaking, legendary things he accomplished in his career. Finally, the significance of the film, In the Heat of the Night, Um, The Slap. In the movie, is referred to as the slap heard round the world. Wow! Because it really was a, un, an unprecedented like thing to see on screen. Was um, especially for like Sydney Poitier. He had played a lot of roles that were sort of like the righteously angry, but um, never like physically violent. Right. Very black very composed. Like, very composed, standing up to racism, but not um, like reacting violently to it. And right. so to see him like slap this very racist white man in the greenhouse. Like, people cheered, people gasped. That is so cool. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, And then a few quotes from various writers on the impact of the movie. Walter Mosley writes for The Hollywood Reporter, quote, "'This film's roots are firmly embedded in the spiritual soil of a country that has tried and failed again and again to detach itself from the clutch of an evil that taints not only our history, but the chronicles of the entire world.'" Speaking to the relevance of the movie in terms of like society as a whole at the time, and unfortunately also today as well, um, in terms of its like commentary on and reflection of just how racist America was mm-hmm. and it- yeah was huh? I know. Um, and then there also there's some some opinions that I've sort of put into a dialogue with one another as an academic. Great, <laughs> where wonderful. People talk about. I mean, Sidney Poitier was such a trailblazing actor, but some have criticized the characters that he played for being like sometimes one note. Others Uh have like different opinions. John Ridley writes for Vanity Fair, quote, monumental as he is as a character, Virgil Tibbs is also at times dangerously close to being quote magical, a liberal Mm. version of a black man so utterly flawless as to be equally other than something human. Totally. He is sexless, nonviolent, prone to forgiveness, and by virtue of his virtue, has the capacity to alter the flow of racial animosity with his mere presence. Virgil Tibbs is at times a black man more carefully constructed than fully realized, an approximation of life designed to thwart a common enemy, but to be of no threat to its originator. Totally. And I was yes. like, oh, well God, that's Well, well friggin said. Yeah. Um, somebody in, I think it was a Smithsonian mag piece, they were like, white people love Sidney Poitier's I- <laughs> so much i was gonna say very a very comforting figure uh-huh and a very um
2: digestible figure for the white 100%. community
0: 100 and then they had mentioned that, like a lot of members of the black community praise him and are like he i mean he paid he did so for much so many like we all stand on his shoulders now as like black actors who've followed in his footsteps and others feel that his characters again could sort of often fall into this Quote, syndrome, as Clifford Mason in 1967 described it. The same old Sidney Poitier syndrome. A good guy in a totally white world with no wife, no sweetheart, no woman to love or kiss, helping the white man solve the white man's problem. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Sidney Poitier, that same year in 1967 said, quote, it's a choice, a clear choice. This is from the New York Times. Mr. Poitier said of his film parts in a 1967 interview, quote, if the fabric of the society were different, I would scream to high heaven to play villains and to deal with different images of, again, from 1967, Negro life, that would be more dimensional. But I'll be damned if I do that at this stage of the game. End quote. So much to think about. I mean, it was just there were... It's kind of like everybody's correct in these opinions of like he, it was like a proverbial glass ceiling of sorts that he had shattered in terms of like roles for black actors in cinema. Because even on the AFI list, or especially on the AFI list, like pretty much the only roles we've seen on these movies so far have been like just very harmful tropes of like black characters Mm -hmm. up until this one. And also at the same time, it does dip dangerously close to that sort of like quote unquote magical character that right. we often see in like mainly white stories where there's mm-hmm. one black character who kind of like helps things along yeah. but doesn't actually have a fully realized personality. Yeah. Um and finally this is from John Ridley for Vanity Fair on the novel and the film and it's lasting Influence, quote, the novel's cultural density endures by way of an award-winning film, two film sequels, six follow-up novels, a long-running television series, and one of the most memorable lines ever uttered in the history of cinema. They call me Mr. Tibbs. And that is the end of the historical context for In the Heat of the Night.
2: That was excellent. Thank you. No, 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 that was great. Some of those thoughts sort of popped up and it's always good to hear them from people who have sat down and taken a lot of time to write it down. (laughs) Yeah,
0: It's a weird one. I mean, this is just such a weird movie because like, this is not, our podcast is not needed for this movie. Yeah, Like our takes are not required for this sort of thing. This is not something that two young white women need to like have a take on in Mm -hmm. order to like move the needle forward in these conversations. So it's just an odd one to, yeah, it's true to have on this list. It's true. We're just so used to having to like tear them down and be like, do you see why this is a problem? Right. Whereas this one we're like, Yep. Yep. Also, this our take, us. our
2: critique is never like I'm yeah, is never going to be helpful because no, we're
0: not going to have any like ground, earth-shattering news or like thoughts. this is how
2: this made me feel as somebody who can really relate to this film, right? Like, who cares? Versus like
0: any <laughs> of the women stuff. Who absolutely cares? <laughs> yeah. Is everyone around you doing a really bad job, and you're the only one who knows how to do things well around here? I'm so sorry. We'll be back very soon.
5: Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Well, everybody, it's time for phone notes. This is, of course, where we uh, look at the notes that we took on our phones while watching the film. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of what I wrote down was like, don't you say that to him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How dare you say that? I think... Well, so much of the movie is them just communicating, like, how horrifically racist this town is and seeing them be extremely racist towards Sydney Poitier. It's basically just macroaggressions and sometimes microaggressions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You've said Norman Jewison, Jesus Christ Superstar Director. I did not know this. Hell Yeah. Yeah. So right when
2: it started, I was like, um, Jesus Christ, superstar. Um, Quincy Jones. Hello. Hello. This is going
0: to be a good film. Mm -hmm. And I think it was. Yeah. I stand by that. Yeah. I think here, here was my sort of. Going into it, I was very excited because as a white woman, I saw Sydney Poitier, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I white love that because we famously white are obsessed with Sydney Poitier." I white love that. When people make fun of white people on the internet, and then you're like, "I do do that." Yeah, (laughs) it was one of those today where they were like, "White people love Sydney Poitier," and I was like, "Yeah, I do." (laughs) They're right, Um, but it was good to sort of sit with and like read these analyses of like why white people feel so comfortable with like the characters that he portrayed. Anyway. Um, I was very excited going into it because I, I knew that Sidney Poitier is a great actor and I've, I'd never actually seen one of his films. I think I had seen—I saw maybe his 2002 Oscars like Lifetime Achievement Award speech or something. Something I had seen Sidney Poitier do that was a very indelible thing. So I was looking forward to just seeing him act. Yeah. And then I saw who did the score and who sang the music. And then I, we learned that it was just like a white people racism <sighs> in the American South movie, which like... It's the same with Saving Private Ryan, where I don't fault those depictions because they are true, and it's important to, yeah, and to make sure that that is not like swept under the rug, totally. But just uh, in terms of like it being a fun movie to watch, (laughs) it went down in terms of funness.
3: I really,
2: I really liked that it was a mystery. I thought that, um, Mm, yeah, I I enjoyed the plot of this movie a lot. Like I'm like, oh, it's. It's a black detective in a racist town and there's a mystery the whole time. Mm -hmm. It was engaging for that reason. It's like
0: the stakes could not have been higher. mm -hmm. Very Um, well paced, too, as a result. Yeah. I had like two days there and great colors, great music. I never noticed the colors in a movie. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. What? You said every time I see a dog now, I know Liana's going to like it. And then I'm OK. I'm going to hear about it and then I'm going to have to cut it out of the episode. All right. (laughs) <laughs> when you said thank you, I was like, she has not read this whole comment. And you'll see a very quick comment from me. Ah, uh, you said a dog. <laughs> did you see this dog? I did. It was very cute. Yeah. With the floppy ears. Yes. Sydney Poitier gets off the train. Yeah. And goes into the train station. Yeah. And a little dog with floppy ears is at the door.
2: Very cute. Um, this is certainly the first black protagonist we've had. I
0: was thinking about that.
2: Certainly. Uh, Yeah. Also, this is apparently one of the first movies to have actually lit the movie for black skin.
0: I read that and I felt bad because I I razzed the lighting in my notes, but not (laughs) because of that, but because there was a scene where Sidney Poitier is sitting in a cell talking to that guy Harvey and they lit it so that like the bars of the prison are covering like half of his face. And I just was like, well, you know, they made big choices. I just disagree with it. But it wasn't about like how the skin tone was showing up. It was just about the sort of venetian blind vibe lighting and i was like okay (laughs) but then i read that it was like so groundbreaking in terms of lighting a black actor and i was like oh oh no ah shit okay (laughs) (laughs) okay liana you've
2: said yes i love to hang out topless in my kitchen definitely the safest room in the house to be topless (laughs) So one this part of the this movie film bro <laughs> aspect of Oh yeah. Film. One part of this movie is that there's a boob woman uh, who turns out to be a boob teenager. Boob, minor. Yeah.
0: Underage. The
2: actress was twenty-three. Oh thank God. God. Um I always look up the actress's mm-hmm. age immediately. Mm-hmm. Um but
0: her whole thing is that she just loves her big boobs. she loves she to be shows nude. them to everybody. She constantly is in her home. She's at always with the being nude being nude in the space. and we first see her in her kitchen, nude, holding a glass bottle. yeah. and one time a friend of mine said something very funny to me where she's three years older and she posted on my Facebook wall. This is sort of like it was it's like a period piece story now, talking about Facebook walls, but she posted after she graduated college and was like new to adulthood. And she was like, here's some like words of advice for you when you enter adulthood, Liana. And one of them was, don't fry plantains topless. You're going to want to do it, but just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about that in terms of just like the concept of being topless in the home. You're going to want to do it, but don't. There are just rooms in the home where you should not be topless for your own safety. And I think the kitchen is one of them. Right, Because right. that is where the sharpest objects are. Yeah. It's where the hottest objects are. It's where the most scalding things could happen. Yeah, you gotta protect the tit. I mean, and what the, are you yeah, doing? the
2: boobs are the eyes of the chest, so <laughs> they're very vulnerable.
0: <laughs> That's why men are always looking at them. They're trying to make eye contact. There was some spookiness though about just like cops.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, there was a lot of spookiness a about that. A lot of spookiness, but this—just watching them be like, "I don't want to do any paperwork." just arrest the first guy and obviously starts out like literally arrest the one black man you see yeah. which of course like very dark and very real but uh, yeah they're just like I don't know arrest the next guy then like come
0: on and you're like, that actually is not nearly enough evidence. It I don't also, understand. The energy didn't make sense because it's not like they had a million other cases they had to get to. <laughs> that they're... I would have understood. Not right. understood. I would not have ever condoned it. But for them to be like, you know what? We just have to wrap this up because like, right. there's nine other murders that this we have is to solve by Wednesday. The one thing happening is in the town. the only town. thing that happened in the town. It Take was like your time.
2: This and then the other guy didn't have pie or he wasn't giving away the pie he or something with the pie. hiding the pie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then it turned out he was the murderer. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> He was very creepy. His vibes were off. Very. <laughs> I was correct about him the whole time. Something was wrong with him. <laughs> it turned out it's that he had done murder. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he was and bad, dude. A pie. Yeah. But yeah, isn't that fucked up that I never watched this in American Studies? That it's one of the wild. most American films I've ever seen. Extremely American.
0: <laughs> it would be hard to be more American. I
2: just also think as people not from the American South, it can be really hard to understand that history there Mm. there's just like Mm -hmm. so much that we managed to gloss over as a country yes and i'm not trying to again present the south as a monolith or like say mm -hmm. everybody's uh taking part in this but it's just like a very important part of our history and there's a very 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 deeply racist part of that
0: yeah and i i do think only in the past like three years really since 2020 white americans specifically have started reckoning with um specifically like the shortcomings of our education on totally. racism in America. Yeah. Like we learn about slavery. Yeah. Sure. But we are not and civil taught. rights and civil and the civil rights movement. And then we, and then Obama. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like the You're three like, things yes. and three points in the textbook, but it's also extremely whitewashed mm-hmm. and it, like the horrors of it are never accurately conveyed. Totally. <laughs> Liana, you've said, does anyone feel gloves might be helpful <laughs> during this postmortem? I was also aware of the lack of gloves. Everybody was hands-on in these in these murder scenes. Just slapping the dead bodies I around. Up, I Googled it after the movie, and I was like, when was DNA evidence known about? And it was not until the 80s, so I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I guess that explains a little bit more why the first cop put his hand in the victim's pool of blood you think on the <laughs> ground to make sure it was blood. Just germ-wise? <laughs> you think that putting your hand, like, in a dead body? Yeah, maybe don't. Although we see it in 1917. Um, he's not happy about it. He's got an open wound while it happens. I was thinking about it the whole film the first time I saw it. But yeah, that happens. And then um, Virgil Tibbs, when he's doing a post mortem, just complete barehanded, mm-hmm. hands all over the dead body. Yeah. And I was like, ew. I guess me personally, I would perhaps want gloves, and nobody in the scene is wearing any. any they didn't
2: else. offer anybody any. Yeah. And it felt
0: inappropriate. <laughs> You just know it's not right. Just There's a lot of things. Protect yourself from disease.
2: I feel like it made it less preachy in some ways mm-hmm. than uh, if it was just a movie about a beautiful town learning mm. how to be a little less racist, yeah. which it didn't do. Earth to
0: Kill a Mockingbird vibes. Yeah, yeah.
2: it absolutely didn't do. No. He was like, this sucked the whole time and I'm leaving. <laughs>
0: Which is, like, As is real. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> correct. He was such a mood in terms of just, like, hating his <laughs> colleagues. <laughs> I mean, like, because they never got cool. They were not no. being cool the whole yeah. time. Everybody was awful the entire time. Like, it it simmered, but it, it was clearly never something that went away. Yeah.
2: Yeah. At the very end, when they give each other those smiles... It felt weird. It felt weird, and I kind of was, like, mood because... It felt like he gave him the fakest smile. Mm. I felt like uh, Tibbs was just like, eh. Yeah, all right, bye. Yeah. But maybe they were both just weird smilers. I don't know. They did not smile the whole time because they were both... It's
0: not a smiley. Everybody hated each other. Not a smiley vibe film. Sienna, you've said, ew, in all caps. <laughs> What's... I think that was just around when people were being super racist. Oh, this is in the greenhouse when uh, that's super... I mean, they, they all were super racist, but, um, the, the guy who like owns the cotton field was talking about, he just delivered like an unbelievably racist monologue Yeah, of, and it was very slave owner. Vibes. It was,
2: he was like talking about plants. It was very dehumanizing. Extremely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is where the slap came in, which was
0: like, yes, I cheered. <sighs> I said, yes, slap him. And then, I mean, you do, it was, it was a very effective. The scene where this they they suspect this very wealthy white man of potentially being the person who murdered the factory owner because he didn't want a factory coming in that was going to, like, diversify the town with the employment that it was going to create. And then the wealthy white man, whose name I thought was Indica, as in, like, the weed strain, but it turned out it was, like, Endicott like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> indica, yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. Um, he seemed more of a sativa to me. He was pretty active, <laughs> but... Uh, He gets like very uh, white tears, literally, and then slaps (laughs) Sidney Poitier. And then Sidney Poitier slaps him right back. And it was like, oh my God, yes, absolutely. But then right after that, he immediately turns to the police chief and is like, what are you going to do about it? He
2: said, you saw it, didn't you? Mm -hmm. (gasps) It was
0: very... I mean, there just were so many moments that were just like, that's exactly... they, They just, without saying anything, communicated very effectively all of the fears that you are... Feeling for this character in these, in this entire movie.
2: It was sizzling. That's what I was feeling at that time. Yeah. And like you said, simmering. Like there was just so much, like you said, below the surface. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, as somebody who doesn't understand a lot about the history of the American South, mm. and I'm constantly trying to learn about it, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, how do yeah. they know what all this means? Yeah. Just saying these, you know, yeah. you saw
0: it, didn't you? Totally. It's so scary. It was just terrifying. Sienna, you said, and I think we're sort of skipping to the end here. So this super freak is also super racist? Come on, guy. Choose a brand. <laughs> this is the diner guy. Yes. So he's just fucking weird. He was a weirdo. Every body part of his was in the wrong place. And he was already... Um, I didn't like looking at him. He already was so weird about the pie earlier. He was, And there were so many
2: flies. Mm. But he wouldn't even look Sidney Poitier in the eye. Mm. It was like, excuse me. If mm-hmm. you're going to be this weird pie guy, just stick to that brand. Do that. How about yeah. that?
0: There's already so much going on with you.
2: Oh god. But he ended up being the being the killer, the
0: murderer. And he I guess he did it because he needed abortion money. He needed money to get the 16-year-old an abortion. I was a little bit unclear on how, why <laughs> he ended up with this factory owner and robbed him. Yeah, that was they kind of got a ride from him. And then the factory owner was like, do you want to come look at the, the land that my factory is going to
2: be on? <laughs> yeah, Which
3: they
4: went weird. for a
0: nice little drive. Yeah,
2: And he's like, and I knew at that moment when he was taking me on a nice little drive that that's when I could just whack him in the back of the head. But I whacked him too hard. Yeah, Whacked him with what? Um, they probably said i I don't know a
0: few questions (laughs) by the end of the movie and the fact that just like
2: this is in our day and age and the place we live and things like that the idea that there would just be like a default understanding that the factory owner that like the main tycoon of the town Mm -hmm. is going to give you a ride (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: like that's a completely unrelatable statement did he know him (laughs) like can you imagine? Was he like a family friend's son or something? I'm, I'm from Seattle. Bill Gates never gave me one ride. <laughs> I'm from Denver and never once did John Denver pick me up in his vehicle and show me around. And if I they recently if purchased.
2: they were driving around, they wouldn't offer.
0: Yeah. And where was he walking? He was and like, they shouldn't they ride? Could get murdered for yeah. their money.
2: I've never wanted to bonk somebody on the back of the head. But maybe if I was in a car with Bill Gates, I'd be like, maybe I could get some
0: whatever. Shares of Microsoft. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He just wanted to give him a bop. A little bonk. (laughs) Bonk. Did you
2: accidentally end up in hell when trying to visit your mother? (laughs) Catch that train out of there. We'll be right back.
4: Hey,
3: girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob.
5: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: How about when uh, that
0: guy called his sister a field slut? <laughs> what is a field slut? I guess she boned in a field. But it sounded like she boned in a, a graveyard from her little story that she told. Yeah. But I guess that was all a lie. And maybe
2: it was a lie, but she definitely has... She's definitely put her ass on a on a tombstone before because she loved it.
0: That's very funny.
2: I, I, I'm sure that has like a real meaning that maybe is mm. based in anything. But I love the idea of there being specific types of yeah. sluts, like well, a cave slut. A slut
0: in the field. Yeah. She's out in the field. She's doing research. I, fl- I fancy myself a bit of a city slut. Oh, yeah. What kind of slut are you? You're a city slut? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm an aspirational slut, but or I think- maybe because I'm from the
2: Pacific Northwest, maybe I'm sort of a, a beach slut.
0: Interesting. Well, it's a different no, kind of beach. Yeah, people will assume surf. I'm a, a fog slut. <laughs> yes, that feels very correct. I'm a slut in the fog. That feels like the movie The Lighthouse. <laughs> you're a fog slut. I guess I'm a, a hiking slut. Yeah. A hike slut. You're a you're a um, summit slut. <laughs> Wow. Like, I
2: love that. I love assigning types sort of sluts.
0: Of <laughs> yeah. What kind of slut are you? Right in. Right in. Let us know. <laughs> well,
2: everybody, that was Phone Notes. And this is Badges and Trages, where we give badges for a police badge that gets you out of being arrested, mm-hmm. and trages for police badges that arrest people wrongfully.
0: Nice. <laughs> I have a badge for under two hours. Love it. Love that.
2: Love it. I had a badge for diner, but then it turned out to be world's most racist diner. World's
0: worst diner. In the <laughs> yeah. history- diners, drive-ins, and dives. This one is getting Guy Fieri would never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it is what it is. A once badge. Yeah. Yeah. Badge for this floppy-eared angel, oh. the dog that we see outside the train station. I, I like that dog. Yeah. I did notice it. it was a Little cutie
2: badge for first black protagonist on the list yeah which is wow okay
0: (laughs) 75 movies in 75 american film institute's list of 100 greatest american movies badge for the patient rage i thought sydney poitier was i just i mean the acting was so good especially conveying that um like the rage that his character is feeling at these like just these moments of like injustice that are being done to him but the fact that also, like, he has to um, restrain himself at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm. Badge for three-quarter rolled sleeves. Oh. I love that. I love that so much. Mm. He rolled his sleeves up at one point, and I said, thank you, son. <laughs> <laughs> thank,
0: thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, badge for the mic drops. He had a few lines Virgil Tibbs did in this movie. I mean, one of them being, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Yeah. There were just some lines in here that, that were like... Hell yeah!
2: Badge for keep cool, Harvey. OMG, I said OMG. It was very cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was very the, awesome.
0: The use of status in this film was fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A badge for this woman's outfit: the denim shorts, the striped blue and white shirt. Hello, Frickin loved it.
2: Badge for this weird ass running through leaves
0: scene. Remember when that guy? It was I, all I really wrote down was Ah, it is fall. <laughs> and, really I, close up. I'm, I'm learning up. from this that it is autumn. On leaves So much foliage
2: Very autumn It was giving uh, Jesus Christ Superstar A little bit With the running But it was running down a hill Instead of up one Badge for that slap Whew Love that slap Absolutely Oh This is so embarrassing. I wrote badge
0: for the crisscross shot in the jail cell. I thought it was cool. Hey, you know, we I was have like very different tastes. Cool aesthetically, and I was like dumb. Can't see half his face. I mean, there you go. You're right, and you and are, I'm right. You have an opinion, <laughs> <laughs> and you said something. out loud. <laughs> you also spoke. <laughs> uh, badge for slapping and punching racists. Yes, chief, When when uh, Sydney Poitier is cornered and then the chief shows up and just punches a couple yeah. of the guys. I was like, yep. Racists should be slapped and punched. And
2: punched, yep. Badge for solving a mystery. Mm. It's fun to have a little mystery on the list. Yeah. Rarely do we have like a fun plot like that. Yeah. Where they're just trying to figure intrigue. something out. Intrigue. And
0: intrigue. they do. God. Mm-hmm. My kingdom for intrigue. Badge for the line, the motive, which is money, and the body, which is dead. The chief was at a ten the whole time and most of the time he was just yelling, but sometimes he said very funny sentences like did that you, one. Did you hear the time where he
2: just screamed in a way that sounded absolutely inhuman? I think it was when he was like, I didn't know you were gonna slap a white guy. I love that line. But he he barked it.
0: Yeah. He it's really like, was like I didn't gonna slap my man. I'm not gonna slap my man
2: It's like, whoo, whoa. <laughs> Badge for short and sweet. Yeah. yeah.
0: This movie was a clean what, hour and a half? Something like that? Hour fifty. It was not long. Yeah. My final badge is a badge for Sydney's hands. Very graceful hands. They had a lot of close-ups on hands, and there just were some where he was like holding something or like gently helping a woman sit down or something. They did, yeah. Beautiful. Did. My final badge is this was my first Sydney Poitier movie, yeah, and I loved it. Yep. I mean, you know, the internet was right. White people love Sydney <laughs> yeah. Poitier, and we did. I was
2: excited to see my first one. Had you yeah. seen a Sydney Poitier movie before? No. Wow. God. That sucks.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's sort of a, a badge slash, like, oh, God, Jesus. Trages. Trages. <sighs> My first tragedy is, oh, for fuck's sake, about just a booby woman. My tragedy was for boob calendar. <laughs> uh, there's a boob calendar? That was at the diner. Oh <laughs> the diner? The diner was very cursed. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> trage for. You'll notice this was also a badge. First black protagonist on the list. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Traj for the AFI. Oh, yeah. That's single What the episode. hell? What oh. the hell? A trage for the way this man is chewing this gum. He chewed it in a way where you just knew that his mouth was small and his jaw was very tight. Uh-huh. And I do not like that. Oh, my
2: gosh. Uh, wait. Tradge for that gum chewing is stressing me out. I
0: hated it. I was like TMJ City. Uh-huh. How do people do That's that? exactly how it felt. Yep. Tradge for A Cab, including these dogs, unfortunately. <laughs> when they're running after the first suspect in the autumn foliage, they have a lot of police dogs searching for him. And A Cab. A Cab. That includes you, Paw Patrol. That includes these dogs. <laughs>
2: Traj for window boob, but thanks for the
0: no-nip question mark. Yeah. The the bar is so yep. It was so immediate. I was so, so immediate. Mad. I was so mad. Uh, trage for the sound mixing, because I was having a hard time hearing the dialogue, but then when the music came on, it was pretty loud, and I don't think this time it was my TV's fault, Hmm. because sometimes people were speaking so softly in the scenes, Hmm. but then it would be so loud in the next scene. Maybe it's just that modern speakers cannot do sound correctly. Mm -hmm. Uh, trage for racism, exclamation point, exclamation point. Mm. This is, um... Poetic of me, sorry. Trag for the badge, which is the fact that him being a cop is what kept him safe in this town of racist <sighs> cops, uh. <laughs> and also just a meta trag for cops generally. <laughs> trag for the badge. Trag for the badge. Tradge for stop calling him disrespectful things. A mm-hmm. uh, trag for sixteen. Oh my god, that oh reveal yeah. was so upsetting. Uh, Tradge for so scary.
2: I was so scared for him the mm. whole time he was in this town. Never once was he safe
0: or comfortable. Yeah. The best part was when he left. I know. Trag for abortion rights in this fucking country. The fact that like <laughs> to get an abortion, they had to go see this woman and pay her a hundred dollars. And then there was still an angry mob out there who turned on the woman. As soon as they found out she was there to get an abortion. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Uh, My final trage is trage for uh, still an almost entirely white creative team, just in terms of even, like, the experience of making the movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: I always think about that a lot, what it was actually like to make.
0: Yeah. Shall we move on to our next segment, which is, of course, how to pretend you've seen this film. This is for, you are at a murder mystery party. Yes. And Rod Uh is coming up to you. Saying, oh, I, I love a good murder mystery. There's there's no no better murder mystery I can think of than a movie I bet you've never heard of or seen, and I'm going to explain the whole plot of it to you. As, very whitely. Even though I'm in the whitest of ways. It's called In the Heat of the Night, and the, I'm going to tell
2: you all about it. And in order to stop Rod from uh, white mansplaining uh, In the Heat of the Night to you
0: we, two white women... We will white explain. We're going to white explain some sentences, you could say, to pretend you've seen the film In the Heat of the Night.
2: Yes, Rod, I have seen In the Heat of the Night. That film really made me reflect on tradition versus industry in the American
0: South. Ooh. Whoa. Yes, Rod, I've seen In the Heat of the Night. It actually does give a bit of critique on... Racism in policing in America and also just straight up ineptitude in policing in America, particularly when that first police officer just happens upon a murder scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, what do I do? Like, oh, it's a body. That's What's crazy. that? That's weird. What do I, a police officer, do about I guess that? I I'll just put my hand in his blood. <laughs>
2: Yes, Rod, I've seen In the Heat of the Night. That movie was very thought-provoking and uh, makes one reflect on how when things get tense in this country, often tolerance is the first thing to go. Mm.
0: Intolerance. <laughs> yes, Rod, I've seen In the Heat of the Night and I am I know, I, I I am sure that your love language is physical touch. You don't have to ask me and then tell me that that's yours because I, I get it. <laughs> In the Heat of the Night, actually, is a very tactile film. We see touch used to convey many different status things and also relationships between characters.
2: Yes, Rod, I have seen In the Heat of the Night. The thing that is most disappointing to me about this film is that it is number 75 Mm. on the AFI's 100 Greatest Movies list. really should have been higher when it is so deeply and darkly American.
0: Yeah rod yes i've seen the movie in the heat of the night a character at the end of the film asks a very important question that we as a society all could be asking ourselves which was why do you want to help the police like that
5: i don't know Mm -hmm.
0: i don't know should we help them should we abolish them it's so hard to know (laughs) well everybody yep
2: Shall we move on to our next segment? I think we should. All right, we're going to do it. Must- this is our segment: Should you watch this, or where mm. we tell you if you should watch this film, or if you should spend your sweet sweet time doing anything else? Yeah, Liana, uh. what do you think? You know,
0: I don't know. <laughs> I'm torn here. Mm-hmm. I think if you're looking to like educate yourself about actors in America and American like film history. I think everybody like should watch at least one Sidney Poitier film because he was such a historic figure in the acting realm. Weirdly, I sort of now want to watch To Sir With Love mm-hmm. or Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, one of the other two that came out in this that same year as this movie. Uh-huh. Look, it's certainly not the worst movie we've seen on the list. Oh, my gosh. Um, it, it holds a mirror up to society in ways that are accurate. But it also is... Like, if you're looking to consume... If you're looking for content with, like, black characters in it, I think there's much more modern, much better, much less, like, black trauma on screen stories that are being told. If I'd I'd seen To Serve With Love by now and could recommend it, (laughs) I'd say maybe watch that. But I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad. So, I don't know. Sienna, what would you say?
2: I actually enjoyed this movie a lot from an American Studies perspective. I Mm -hmm. wish I'd seen it earlier. Mm -hmm. It makes me think a lot about our culture and how some systems get so used to like the way they, they the, like this dialogue, like the way they talk about things like this, like so much of just the things that the characters would say to each other and understand like this language of racism. Yeah. Um,
0: like the vocabulary of racism. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Vocabulary mm-hmm. of racism that I, I, I haven't seen on, in a lot of other movies cause I don't watch movies. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um,
2: it's one that was more thought provoking that I've enjoyed more from this list. Yeah. So um if you're trying to watch yeah a film that's educational American film like or from an American culture and American media perspective I would recommend this one. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to have seen it. Yeah. Um so then I guess if we also recommend some other things I'd recommend as you said earlier this movie is known for being one of the first to light black actors well and another yeah. one that has been known for that or like a production company that's been known for that is Insecure. Yeah. A, I can't remember if we recommended that before.
0: Um but Oh, like on a previous episode? Yeah, but... Uh, Always worth a Rick
2: But... So good. I love that show so much. So there's another one, if you're yeah. trying to look for something else
0: to watch. The lighting in that show is also just, beyond it being, like... Yeah. A great at, like, lighting black actors, it's also just so gorgeous. The,
2: like, DP or something is, does music videos, and you can tell.
0: Oh, that makes sense. That's why
2: it's a very a very visually it's appealing so show. so
0: beautiful to watch. Sienna, what would you rate the film In the Heat of the Night? Sorry if this is a white thing,
2: because white <laughs> people love Sydney Poitier. We really do. But in terms of the movies I've seen on this list, I really enjoyed it. I got a lot out of this viewing experience, much more than most of the movies I've seen on the list. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. Four clunky cruisers out of five. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was good.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed it. Liana, how about yourself? I am going to give this movie four expensive suits out of five. Um, mm, <laughs> sometimes... Like, I gave Psycho a 4 out of 5 just because I was so horny the whole time and yeah. I loved the experience of watching it. This time, it's less the experience of watching it that I, like, enjoyed. It's more that I respect and appreciate very much that it was, like, a historic yeah. film. Yeah. And what was, like, just how it was really moving the needle forward in the time that it was made and yeah. released. Uh can't give it all the way up to a 5 out of 5 because it still did feel, at the end of the day, like a white take on the black experience in the American set. Like, yes, it just, it's not going to be like a fully authentic.
2: I'm going to, I'm going to say the whitest thing. Oh, (laughs) This is our segment, the The whitest whitest thing. thing. No, it's not the whitest thing, but something I think about sometimes it has to do with Hamilton, Mm -hmm. Um, but it actually is a nice, it's a nice quote by, um, what's his name? Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. Leslie Odom Jr. said of Hamilton, people were like, oh, this is so like, this is so quaint and whatever. Like people have criticisms of that, that it's like, doesn't move the needle in certain ways. Like, Mm. or there's certain things that it does, but it falls short in other ways. Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, obviously people are going to think this is quaint, but what's so great about progress is like, you want something like this to look quaint. Mm -hmm. You want Hamilton, which was such a big thing at the time. Yeah. To look quaint someday. That's what progress is. Mm -hmm. I think that's really nice. Yeah. I think that's true for this movie as well. Like the fact that we feel that it falls short in certain ways is like, that's great that we've made progress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I agree with all of that. And then it also is just so heartbreaking that it felt so. I mean, like this week alone, protests that we're seeing are literally about like traffic stops by cops and right. like abuse at the hands of the police in America yeah. against black people. A lot of work, a lot of work to be done. Especially like young black men, like just seeing scenes like that. Totally. 50 years ago compared to now, it's the same.
2: Yeah, not a lot has changed. Yeah. Or
0: there's still a lot, a lot of work to do. Well, there. There we go. We sweated our way to the end of In the Heat of the Night. Yes! We've done it. That has had been Toss Popcorn's review of In the Heat of the Night. Thank you all so much for listening. We are on social media. We are yes. at Toss Popcorn on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Patreon. If you feel like tossing us a subscription and getting some, a lot, actually, of bonus content that <laughs> we really work hard on. <laughs> so... It's worth your money, we promise. It's it's a worthwhile subscription. It, it really is. Yeah. And join us next week. Oh, when <gasps> we will be watching <laughs> different.
5: <laughs> Forest oh, gump. No. Oh man. Forest
0: gump. Tam Honks is at it again. <laughs> this movie said, My let's God. get white. Let's get white. <laughs> wow. We'll see you then. Thank you. We
2: love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Did you just get slapped?
0: Think about why. <laughs> we'll be right back. No. I love that. Because the problem is that he also gets slapped. So yeah. It's like, am I talking to? Right. <laughs> who am I talking Perfect to? Perfect for me? bonus. <laughs> they know who you're talking
2: to.
4: <laughs> Join me on Season 3 of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
3: Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and in the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.